Top Friday, baby, better than yesterday. Let's get it. We're brought to you today by Super 73. If you know me, you know I'm always on my Super 73. Super 73 is an American lifestyle adventure brand based in Orange County, California that develops products to help fuse motorcycle heritage with youth culture. They are the original in the electric motorbike. Founded in 2016, Super 73 has quickly grown into one of the most recognizable electric vehicle brands in the world with a passionate customer base including A-list celebrities, professional athletes, and many more including yours truly. Head to the link in the bio to go and get a discount on your first Super 73. I love my bike. I just bought Laura one. She loves her new bike. And I just love sharing the community and the passion behind the brand with others. Go check them out and let me know what you think when you get your first bike. Welcome to Tank Top Friday. Join us each week as we dive deep into topics like goal setting, self-improvement, and personal growth. I'm Clint Stroman, and on the show today, my good friend Chris Inman, an extraordinary actor, writer, and poet. In this episode, we dive deep into the world of creativity, where Chris shares his insightful experiences and unique perspectives on the craft. We'll be discussing the importance of creativity in our lives, exploring how it can be a catalyst for personal growth, healing, and connection. We'll offer some practical tips on nurturing creativity in our own lives, as well as staying the course in such a demanding profession. So whether you're an aspiring actor, writer, or simply a lover of the arts, join us on this enlightening episode. Discover the boundless possibilities of creativity and be inspired to unleash your own artistic potential. Chris, welcome, my dude. I'm glad to have you here. I know that you've been on an insane trip doing some insane stuff. Um, excited to talk about that amongst many other things. Thanks for being here, man. Thanks, brother. I'm excited to be here, too. Yeah, dude. Um, how you feeling since you've been back from your trip? Good, man. Yeah, good exhausted obviously jet lagged but uh firstly i just want to say uh i'm super proud of you i love you you know that uh you're my brother you're going on this crazy journey yourself and uh you know it's it's uh inspiration and a blessing to be able to watch you do something like this man so i appreciate that dude i really do it's a it's a whirlwind we all have our own versions of it and it's it's so crazy to think about it's it's different for every single one of us um but i really yeah i appreciate you saying that i i'm i'm thankful to uh have met you when i did at uncw yeah. and and being there together even though you moved on to bigger and better things um i'm not gonna lie when when you left i was like dang man i thought we were gonna be best friends man I mean, we still are, but I meant like best friends, like hanging out, hanging out, like what's up? Man? No, I know. I know. <laughs> it was uh, dude, it was just a calling, you know, like it all happened so quick. Um, yeah. UNCW acting, everything like that met, you know, extraordinary, extraordinary amount of people. And then, you know, life moved on and I had to go to New York. It called for me and I, uh, I'm blessed I did, you know? And yeah, dude. Met I, and I don't blame you at all. I'm I'm glad you did cuz it's like I when I think when I think about the idea of um of even moving to New York or or doing something like that um 
I've kind of talked to you about that in the past. Like it would take something big for me to do that. I almost, I almost made that decision after we did that short film. Um, yeah. And I was like, should I kind of change direction here? And Laura wants to be in New York. So maybe, maybe I could do a, you know, a conservatory there and, and things like that, or figure out a way that that would help me and do something that would fulfill her as well. Um, but I still think that's on the horizon. Maybe after I finish this master's degree, Hey, so, yeah, you're always welcome. You know, you got a family up there. So, and, and it would be a hell of a challenge for me personally, because just being there for me. And that was when I saw you and, and we were visiting just to visit and we linked up that night. Um, bro, I was just like overwhelmed, like insanely yeah. overwhelmed. It, for me, it was just like, what is all of this? Like this whole new crazy world that I never even knew was, you know, you, you might play Spider-Man or something and right. <laughs> fly around New York City, but um, don't. Yeah, it was, I it walked was, into that city. I was okay. I walked into that city, right? That that same experience you you were feeling, like the overwhelming uh, aspects that New York bring to like a person. And I did it, and I I remember literally walking off the train at Penn Station, and I was like 19 years old, right? And I was one year removed from like living in my parents' house. Everything I knew zero people in New York. And I step outside, and the first thing I see is a homeless man taking a shit on 7th Avenue, like legitimately. And I was like, where the fuck am I right now? And I, you know, was on my phone, like looking around, like, all right, I got to walk to my apartment, blah, blah. I finally make it down to my apartment or whatever, and my parents were already there. They're moving me in with all my stuff. They had driven up from North Carolina. And... I move into this apartment. First time I'd ever walked into this apartment before, and it was the, the size of a trailer. I mean, two small-ass bedrooms, a living room that's also a kitchen, one little bathroom. And that night, my mom, my dad, my brother, my sister, God bless them, but they like moved me in that night, and we all slept in those two rooms. It, it, was, it was unreal, man, unreal. But from there... Life moves on. I met yeah. my roommate, became one of my best friends. You know him, Jack Latis, great guy. Mm-hmm. I met another one of my uh, roommates, Nate Pandazopoulos. I met all these people who were this family, Ian Eric, Bella, mm-hmm. um, bigger, bigger, bigger. And then we got into film. We all went to acting school together at Atlantic and got you up there, got you on that film. Now we're here. You know what I mean? So Yeah, dude. Yeah. Um, it, and in such a massive city where you can have your choice of who you want to chill with or who you want to, or you, you can have your choice of who you want to become even, even, even in a, in a mindset to like be an artist and be a creative and, and go that route and, and all that, you can still, you could still be like, you know, yeah, yeah, I'm going to school for this, but you know, I'm still bartending, but then, you know, I'm going to just hang with those folks or, you know, you have your choice in who you want to be close with always. Yeah. It was, it was, it was kind of fascinating because, um, it's exactly like what you said. Like there's so many people in New York, uh, and like the joke is it's the loneliest place in the world. Right. 
uh, everyone's from everywhere. And, yeah. you know, you sort of kind of make that community. And at the time, I was working at a comedy club, Improv Asylum, which is now Asylum in New York City. And it was great. Had a group of people from that place. I had a group of people from Atlantic. And, like, slowly and slowly, you grow this this family, right? And we spend, you know, holidays together. And we spend, um, you know, weekends together. And we go out and we support each other. Someone's sick. You know, we, we went through COVID together in New York uh all these things so it was it was it was really like a life-changing experience and to go off what you said of like reinventing yourself as well like that was a big thing because i was like i know zero people in this entire city yeah so i had this opportunity to you know become a better person uh strive towards that goal and uh you know at such a young age that was like exactly kind of what i needed to yeah. go forward in life and and really push myself and stuff so yeah it was an incredible opportunity yeah dude for for a long uh, i'm starting to come to terms personally with this uh this almost like resentment that i've had a little bit towards myself a little bit towards like the military um you know just like younger me in a sense, and I'm starting to finally feel like an actual um, feeling of just being okay with like the decisions that I made when I was, like you said, 19, 18. Because when we met, I was 25, bro, and you were right. you're 19. Yeah, I was like, well, yeah, me and me and this dude can still connect, though. Like, we still have shit in common. Like, even though I've been through. Uh, life experience wise like I've been through my own whole fucking world of shit at this point I've been I was married I was divorced I was you know Iraq Afghanistan I was a full ass instructor like teaching all this shit like I had a whole thing a whole purpose and then I decided that it was time for me to cut that off because I wanted to do other things with my life Um, yeah and then me and you met and I was like damn dude like Chris is a cool he's a cool dude like I want to chill with him like you know, we're kind of on a different level. I feel like, you know, he's he's a little he's a little younger, and he's probably not like he's not in the same like mindset as me, where I'm just trying to like live life to the fullest at this point, and, but also pursue what I actually am passionate about and whatnot. But then it was just so um, it was always such a cool thing to me to think about the fact that me and you were able to chill and like connect and talk about things in, in like a little bit of a deeper. Uh, facet than I could with even some of my best friends from like, you know, like high school, things like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It, it was, uh, dude, it was, it was honestly amazing to be able to have you like, like meet you at the time I did because, uh, I, so I'm like the oldest child in my family. Um, I got a younger sister Same. and a younger brother. Same. And like, in order to like, you know, I, I feel like I'm always looking for, uh, you know, people who are a little bit older than me that can help me, like, guide me through life um, with experience and stuff like that. But also, you know, at the same time, can have a good time, you know, like, yeah, in the best way possible. So, yeah, um, it was it was honestly a true blessing to meet you when I did and stuff. You you really helped me through getting through that first year of, of school and stuff. And, um, you know, I, yeah. I really 
wouldn't even be here without you. Seriously. Dude, so. dude it was it was good to see. Um, I, I specifically remember sometimes coming into, uh, I think it was Meisner. Um, yeah. And some days, uh, and still, still right now, I still have the same, the same, the same type of feeling. Some days where I'm like, I wake up and I'm just like, bro, why the why the fuck do I feel like just stressed out for no reason this morning? Or why do I feel um, just like I just don't really want to go to class because it's kind of an option to me. It's not like in the past when I was in the Marine Corps and like if you didn't show up for work, you were in some you were in some shit, you know what I mean? It's like some mornings I'd be like, I don't really want to go to class, even if it is a class I enjoy. But anyways, I'd, I'd show up and you'd be like, yo, dude, what's up, man? Like, how you been? How you living? Like, I, you know, I, I hadn't really seen you in the past like week or whatever or whatnot. And, and I'd just be like, what's up, dude? And it kind of like registered with me. I was like, yo, he actually, he actually gives a shit. Like he actually gives a shit and like wants to see what's up with me and like how I've been and whatnot. And, and, you know, we should probably like make some efforts to chill together and outside of class and whatnot. So I always thought that was cool, dude. I will never forget that either. Something simple, yeah. but something simple, but still pretty cool. I mean, honestly, man, like it's kind of cliche, but like the small things can change people's day, you know? Yeah, yep. And I, I really believe in that, you know, like a simple smile to like a thank you to uh just how are you doing all and like honestly and i think that comes from the acting world of like you know our job is to be honest right mm -hmm. and you know i i try to live presently as often as i possibly can and so like if i see somebody who's you know up in their head or is feeling something uh energy wise uh that i can connect to it's like hey like how you doing? You know, like, what's good? How are you? Like, what's up? Or, or like I said, something s simple as like, uh, you know, you're holding the door for me. Like, thank you. You know, and, yeah, and genuinely meaning it too. Uh, I really think that, I think that goes by people a lot of the time. Oh, and dude. So much people. nowadays. Yeah. Yeah. It flies over everybody's head nowadays. I, I do my best, even if somebody holds the door for you. A lot of people will just just walk right through whatever. Oh, but can I you have a but, story, bro? But can you imagine? But can you like most of the time? I try to make a point on purpose because I think it'd be the easiest thing for me to just walk right through that door. But I try to make a point on purpose. If somebody holds the door for me, like just I guess it's uh, I think that comes from being honestly, dude, being the oldest out of your siblings. And just ha with with that comes being um, just that much more like respectful. Yeah, yeah, I I definitely agree. Uh, so I was in New York one time, and I was at the I was at the comedy club, and I had held the door for a pretty famous actor who was at the comedy club, and he looked me dead in the eyes, and just completely like like mugged face on and walked right by me and from that moment on i was like fuck that guy and i'm not gonna say his name but i was like fuck that guy <laughs> and uh i was gonna say people, tell me who a lot of people but... <laughs> off air i will <laughs> um 
but yeah dude it was yeah. it was wild and i was and i like like that was so vivid like that that memory is so vivid for me that i you know have tried to not be that person since then right you now especially if you're like a name and people yeah. know you it's like uh that's your reputation that's i mean yeah. that's all you have uh right. you know arthur i don't know if you, the crucible arthur miller there's this like it was the first play i ever did in my entire life um there's this line at the end of the play that stuck with me since i was li literally 16 years old and it was like uh john proctor's character uh and he's in like trial and they're trying to have him sign his name into the book and he goes but that is my name it is my name it's all i have is my name and i find that to be so like culture or self uh as best as possible you know yeah dude yeah i mean i mean and, and sometimes, sometimes it's easier, easier for, us for us to like to like get into, get a, into mindset a mindset where we don't think so much about like representing yourself and like almost respecting yourself you know what i mean so much dude I, I think respecting yourself is the first is the first thing that everyone needs to do um, it's easy to get lazy with that too though 100 percent. and then I mean, you just like and then all of a sudden you catch yourself and you're like bro wait hold on a second here have i been holding myself to the standard that i expect have i been have i been really like being the person that i expect from myself like yeah of course you can think about your family and fr close friends and what do those people expect of you? But are you doing what you expect of yourself? And if we all were able to do that 100% of the time, 24-7, we would all be absolute badasses. Dude, but I had a conversation. Yeah, it is hard, and that's the issue. Like, I mean, I, I literally was talking to my buddy this this morning about this, um, and he's he's going to med school. Right. He just graduated and he's going off to med school. And I was talking to him and I was like, you know, he's been stressed. He's been calling me for the last six months doing, doing that, getting ready for the MCAT. And, you know, we were like, you know, he was sort of visualizing with me about like, what did he want? Like, what's the score he wanted? What's the work ethic he wanted to put into it? All this stuff. And like, I give him a ton of credit because he worked his fucking ass off for the last six months. Not only did he, work his ass off like to get the MCAT score he wanted but he also uh he transcended past that and it was uh <laughs> he tra no you're good uh wow. but my uh my boy transcended past that and he was like I'm gonna work on physical mental emotional intelligence on top of just school and you know he uh he set goals for himself and what we were talking about this morning is like setting a goal that obviously is obtainable but on the top end of uh the attainability of where you can reach right yeah and not settling not shooting for the stars and settling for the moon but just actually getting to the stars whatever that means right yeah like really pushing yourself to that point <laughs> and uh and he did it, and and I think that's exactly what we were like talking about. Is uh, you know, 
respecting yourself ends up uh, bringing you to a, a new level in your own psyche and your unconsciousness of being able to push yourself to another level and continuously growing uh, day after day, you know, week after week, month after month, hopefully year after year until yeah. you reach this new place where you look back and you're like, I can't believe I was that person right now yeah. where I am. So, yeah, I, I find myself thinking that a lot, a lot lately, like, like even, I mean, I guess, I guess being, being a dad now and having a child and like all these big life changes that three years ago I couldn't even fathom to be on a dog six months ago think about it it's insane six months like I think about friends a couple friends of mine are about to have kids here in a couple months and in my head I'm going you have no you think it's bad you think it's bad right now I just want you to know that you have me as a lifeline. If you need to call me at any time during the day or night, you call me, dude. And they know they can. Where it's like, yeah. you're going to need me, man. Cause like, it's not easy. It's not nowhere near as easy as you, as you think it may be. But then again, for some people it might be, you know, I was, I was saying to you earlier, um, you know, I have certain things that are like, you know, kind of like mentally, um, something that is taking me a little bit more time than it might take most dudes to like just get used to with patience and things involving that with both your your partner and your your child and stuff like that but I think with that if anybody does have an issue or anybody does have something that they need to like work on a little bit more than most you have to just find a way to use it for yourself and use it as something that is going to um, make you a better individual and, you know, help you level up in that realm of your life with family. And then guess what? As an artist and, and, and as an actor and things like that, you're able to use that to your advantage because you have that real life connection to that, which is imitating what hopefully you're doing at some point involving your art. I had, I had my, my agent called me, uh, two weeks ago. I just had an audition for, I think it was a food line commercial and Congrats. thanks dude. <laughs> I didn't get it, but you know, you know I mean? no, I felt good about it, but he called me and I was like, Oh, okay. He's calling me. What's up? Like, what is it? Something I, who knows? Anyways, he says, Hey Clint, I just wanted to let you know, um, the audition uh, for Food Lion. I wanted to let you know that I felt the, I felt that you were actually like there as a dad. It was, it was being this little girl's dad, and she was drawn on the wall or something. And then I like kind of like was cool with her drawn on the wall, like it's all good, and, like whatever. Mm -hmm. But he said I could actually feel the you weren't just Clint, Mister Tough Guy, trying to act like a dad you actually were that dad. And I was like, right. dang, thanks. Thanks for the call. <laughs> like, thank yeah. you for calling me and telling me that instead of, you know, just letting it breeze by and, you know, yeah, you didn't get the audition, whatever, onto the next type of thing. But um, yeah, that was cool to hear that because, it, it, I mean, I guess it, it was something that made me feel like, all right, well, outside of my family life and everything that I feel that might involve stress or 
here and there where I'm like, yes, dude, got him to take a nap or he, you know, like got him to bed tonight and little wins like that. I had something outside of that that is my profession and my passion that was showing things that actually they, they intertwined together. That was cool. Yeah. How, how have you, uh, have you, have you been juggling it? Good. Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, there's, there's plenty of, um, about two weeks ago I had a, um, had a thought where I said, maybe it would benefit me and our family if I stopped doing the podcast for, Weird. you know, I don't know, for a couple of months or something like that till we get settled readjusted you know whatever you might could throw in there but then again in my head I said no because you know if it really was impacting me that much then yes I, w I would make that decision but to stay consistent with it and to get messages from folks here and there that I haven't talked to since high school just random random folks that are just like Hey, I just want to let you know, like, I've been listening to your podcast ever since you started it. You posted on Facebook and, you know, a lot of folks from high school are on Facebook and whatnot. And, um, and, and to just get messages like that, I was like, dude, no, 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 no I can't stop. There's some people that listen to this every Friday and right. like, it's, it's kind of becoming a thing and, you know, who knows what it could, what it could become or who it might reach or if some random I'll I'll link up with random people on Instagram. Some dude that I met through my buddy Wesley, who's a who you know who was on a previous episode. Um, dude, that's also an actor. He's in Atlanta. Like I don't know him. I just followed him. He followed me back. I said, "What's up, man? It's nice to nice to thanks for following me back." Like blah blah blah. Like if I'm ever in Atlanta, I'd love to link up. You know, see what's up. And dude was like, "Hey, wait, is this your podcast?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, it's mine." He was like, "Dude, I'm gonna check it out." Uh, and I told him, you know, like, let me know what you think and things like that. Like, cause I love some unbiased feedback. Um, so just random stuff like that, man. I was like, I can't stop doing it. So balancing, balancing this and balancing acting and then also being a dad, I think it's a challenge that is, that's been brought to me for a reason. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, dude, like everything's brought for a reason, you know? I mean, yeah. uh, I'm, I'm so glad that you stuck with it because uh we we're we we're talking earlier about consistency and you know this is obviously an outlet for you artistically and it's uh it's incredible to see you you know continue on and like i love the fact that you're having such a you know diverse group of guests just you know philosophically uh you know like job wise all these things and, and it's 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 awesome to see, man. So, like I said earlier, I'm yeah, super happy, like super if happy. If I didn't keep it going, then I wouldn't have had you on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, literally, and like that—that that would have mattered know. to me too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's real cool, and like you know, um, you know, I know that you, we wanted to talk about this, but uh, you know, that's the resistance talking. You know, Stephen Pressfield's uh the war of art you know that's that is the resistance talking you gotta fight through that so yeah, dude a big and, part of this whole entire podcast has been resistance to me from you giving me the idea to read that book i don't like reading i want to make that very clear i'm not a reader 
but the you told me about that and i was like oh see yeah yeah i know that dude he, he wrote that other book can't remember the name of it right now but um i read it and you told me you're like yeah dude it's, it's a it's a quick read you know but like i just feel like you're gonna really really like connect with it as well and and you know find your own stuff and I, and immediately dude i was just like what a great like recommendation i've recommended it to a lot of friends as well and like i was telling you uh the other day i didn't even realize my dude was also a marine like yeah bro like i got i got to that point and i'm 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 going to have to like I'm going to have to like, I, I set it right here and set the page too and all that because once I went back to that page on how to be miserable, that that idea of how to be miserable, like for, for somebody that is a creative and somebody that is in, in any way artistic, it doesn't matter what your, what your medium may be. It might be, it could be writing, it could be poetry, it could be uh, stained glass. It could be, you, you know, it, it could be painting. It could be, um, you, you could be an actor. You could be a voice actor, you, you know, whatever it might be. We all have versions of points of our life where you feel kind of miserable because I'm sure you've been here before as well. You get to these points where there's these super, super, uh, high feelings where you're like dude this is awesome this is so cool like i'm doing what i want to do like i feel like i'm in the zone right now i'm just flowing through you know and you're in that flow state and and then there's moments where you're like why am i even pursuing this still this is miserable i could have a i could have a nine to five job and make plenty of money with my degree that i have or, or you know whatever and, and to some people that is happiness to them and, but at the same time, there's this version of misery and that misery, it could be, be, it could be on set for, you could be on set for eight hours in 90 degree heat. You could not get an audition for, um, months at a time. You could, you know, whatever your version of that may be. I thought that the idea of it, comparing it to the military is such a, it's just such a crazy, um, like consideration, but the fact that he only wrote one page about it. Is like, dude, you could have, you could have, you could have really expanded on that a little bit more. But I kind of like his, 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 um, Stephen's, um, take on it was just kind of like, he's older, of course. So he was during a period in time where there was a draft going on and all that. Yeah. And, and then, you know, um, but it is true that, like, you know, of all military organizations, the Marine Corps, they're trying to teach you how to be miserable. They're trying to condition you to being miserable. And for us, that is literally like, as he says, invaluable. Because once you get to that point, nothing can ever be that bad. We can, we can use that to our advantage. You know what I mean? And like yeah. become that much more artistic and, and be able to use that and say, yeah, there's no way I'll ever be that measurable again. So I can use that to my advantage and 
think back to that point and use that in a scene or use that as I'm writing something or use that, you know, and, and, and use that as, as a, as a, um, as just something that fuels that fire within us. It's, it's unbelievable, dude, honestly, like that book, first of all, I'm a huge fan of art philosophy, which is such a weird, like niche type of philosophy, but like, I'm a huge fan of it as an artist myself. And, um, that book is unbelievable. So, uh, I highly recommend it for anybody. It's not just for people who are artistic, but also just anybody who sees themselves as a craftsman in any way. Um, because he really differentiates between being a craftsman and an artist really well. And I, I appreciate that. And, uh, well, dude, there's been moments where you've told me, you're like, dude, I've been up till, I've been up most nights lately till like 4 a.m. writing. Yeah. And even in my mind, I go, why the hell is he staying up that long just to write? But now thinking about it, because it's been, it's been a couple years, I think to where like, and I've read some of your stuff and I'm, and I'm, and I think to, I think to a point where I'm like, there might be a, there might be an avenue of, um, of acting or just being an artist and, and just being somebody that wants to constantly create things that I feel is more important to me in this point in time, but to you, it's, it's writing. And that also I'm sure gives you a whole lot of other help when it comes to mental health and things like that. Yeah, dude. Um, absolutely. Like I fell in love with writing, uh, pretty much right when I left, uh, UNCW and, um, I was like, I, I moved to Boston right after that for a couple months and I was living out of an office, um, literally interning working at a comedy club till 3 a.m. every night, waking up, interning, working at a comedy club till 3 a.m. every night. And again, I moved to a city where I knew nobody. Uh, I had no friends. And so writing took that place for me. Um, and from there, I just kept moving forward with it over and over. And when I ended, I had this epiphany um, probably about four years ago now where I realized acting is an art form that's on everyone else's time but the actor uh you know you have a lot of gatekeepers in the industry you have uh casting directors you have directors producers you got agents managers all these people uh and you're kind of at the whim of all of them uh of all of their decisions all of their time and what i realized is artistically i needed a, another uh way of going about uh putting my myself into art and so what I did was I took writing and uh I started doing screenwriting which is because I love movies I'm I'm a film actor I started in that place and I did pretty well and I learned a lot and I grinded through self-taught everything I do is self-taught you know um and I love that about myself I think it gives myself sort of an edge uh, and I have this joke where, you know, I say I attended YouTube University, you know, I learned everything off of YouTube videos. So I went to screenwriting, did that for a while, ended up creating this game where me and a bunch of my friends on Friday nights, we'd hang out 
And what we do is we pick uh, one genre out of a hat, two characters out of a hat, two props out of a hat, and one location out of a hat. And we end up getting this crazy assortment of, of uh, all these different random things. So it would be, I'll give you an example. It'd be like a fantasy with the sheriff and the prophets with the props of a match and an apple in a place uh, that's underground. And we would, <laughs> yeah, literally, we'd give ourselves two hours and we'd have in two hours... As soon as we picked, we'd set a timer. We have to write five pages, two hours. And then by the end of that, what we'd do is we'd come back, we'd read it out to each other, we'd talk about it, we'd laugh, we'd fucking, you know, um, you know, do theory on it and stuff like that. Uh, and from that, playing that game, and what in the height of the game, we'd end up playing it about three to four times a week. And we got very, very proficient at just writing these five-page scenes. Bang, 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 bang. And then I got uh, I got really lucky, and I applied to uh, Stephen King's Dollar Baby, which I got accepted to. I, I applied, uh, and I sent him a one-act play I had done, which is actually based off of Hewlett, which is a dorm at UNCW. And I wrote the play. That is at- familiar. I wrote the play when I was at UNCW and uh, the play is about like a a school shooting. Uh, Eight roommates are trapped in their dorm like suites while a school shooting is happening in their dorm uh, building in Hewlett. Uh, So I sent that and I applied for um, a short story that Stephen King had written in the 1980s, uh, 1970s, 1980s. Uh, It's called Cain Rose Up. And it was about the Texas massacre, which was one of the first big, big school shootings in American zeitgeist. Uh, happened at Texas Austin University, 1968. Um, and I took that and I got accepted. And I was uh, I owned the rights for a Stephen King story for a year. And I adapted that into a screenplay. It took one year. I wrote 15 drafts of the thing, sent it back to him, blah, 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 blah. So then I felt very content with that. And I started moving into prose. I started writing fiction, nonfiction, memoir, blah, 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 blah. And eventually, I shifted into poetry. And that's where I've fallen since. And I've just fell in love with it, man. And I've just been grinding at that since. So, that Are you doing anything um, outside of just writing poetry um, for, for, just, for just you and like sharing with like folks that are close to you? Yeah, yeah. I so I I actually publish on Substack. I don't know if you're familiar with Substack. Yeah, yeah, yep. Yep. So I publish on Substack, uh, and I publish about twelve poems a month. Um, so if people want to check that out, concretecowboy.substack.com. Um, and I, you know, I work really hard at it. Honestly, um, it's kind of my new love, and uh, it's sort of taken this obsession over me um so every day i work really hard i write a poem a day at least one poem a day i work for about three to four hours a day on poetry dude that's a um that's a that's a version of um it's a version of like a therapy version of uh of of journaling like you know in a sense if you're writing one poem a day because absolutely because you're probably thinking of something throughout that day or the day prior that 
you want to write about, even if it's a four line, if it's yeah. something that's super short or something that's super random. Maybe you're, maybe you're walking to get coffee that morning and you saw this person on, on this electric scooter and someone else over here or something else, this random tree blooming or whatever it might be. I, I decided to take creative writing at UNCW before I made the final decision to be like, I'm going to go full send with this, you know, theater, a bachelor's, you know, in theater. And that class for me was just an elective and everybody else in that class was, you know, very way younger than me almost eight years younger than me, probably everybody else in there was, they were like freshmen, freshmen. And I found myself loving that class, dude. Like, yeah. And I found myself like getting very, very into the idea of writing poetry and anything that involved creative writing. And I was like, dude, do I have to shy? Do I want to go this route? Cause this is fun to me. Like, this is fun. This is like, it's like fulfilling me in a way. And yeah, so to hear you speak on poetry from that, from that aspect and from that sense is, is, uh, I can, I feel that because I, I remember that I actually looked, I, I looked at, I keep all my, um, you know, all my old folders from every semester through my bachelor's and still through my master's right now. And I went back and actually looked at that like a week or two ago, uh, the creative writing folder. And Dude, I mean, the thing about poetry with me, I think it's personally the greatest art form ever created. Um, I think I kind of have to say that as a poet, but I, re I really do. Uh, and at this point, like through my Substack, I have the blessing of all the people who have subscribed to me um, because I, I have uh, nothing for free. None of my writings for free because it's me putting in a lot of effort and a lot of work. Yeah. So I get paid for it. Um, it's great. Eventually, um, my goal is to scale it to a place where it becomes my, you know, full time job. Um, but right now, uh, and what I've been doing for the last, you know, few years is doing serious self studies for months at the time, mm -hmm. and grinding for you know three months on like one very specific subject so i would go through like a very strict grammar study and i would go through and i was blessed because i come from the acting world where honesty is sort of second nature to me and so i would never had to learn that and what i see in a lot of poetry and just a lot of writing in general is the honesty ends up coming after the fact. They learn a lot of the fundamentals and then they have to learn how to be honest in the writing. But I started with the honesty and then had to learn all the fundamentals. So I'm sort of doing it as an, in an opposite approach. Um, yeah. But, you know, like like I said, like it's also self-study. So there's a lot of doubt that comes with that as well. Of like, okay, where am I comparatively to people who are my peers and, you know, like, Am I uh, at a place where I should be content? Should I be pushing harder? This, that, blah, 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 blah. And so when, you know, you talked about me like staying up really late and, you know, it's it's very obsessive for me. You know, even today, it was like three and a half hour writing session and then another two and a half hour like study session. 
before that. So yeah. it's it's literally taken over my entire life. And um, you referenced that I went on this like crazy trip earlier, and like that was the first part of my trip was I went to France to this beautiful chateau uh, for an art residency at like uh, it's the chateau called Chateau Orcavu. And it was an incredible residency. Um, people were amazing, and they 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 set up this uh, this chateau in East France, um, where they bring a bunch of writers and a bunch of painters together. Uh, everyone gets their own studio. Everyone's uh, taken care of completely, food, everything, and all you have to focus on for two weeks is just creativity. Um, and it, it was it, it honestly pushed me to an entirely new level. Of, of writing and being able to like um, find my voice and find my footing and where I want to go. And um, it, it was unbelievable. And I ended up writing like, you know, three incredible poems and obviously a ton more on the back end as well, just like uh, working through. And that's part of like the process. Like every day I work on something and then eventually I'll have, you know, go take one of those pieces, go back to the editing room, grind through it, and then end up publishing that on my Substack, uh, which is sort of like uh, this ongoing anthology of like my my um, my process through my writing. So uh, and I want and I wanted to memorial memorialize that. Uh, so eventually down the road, hopefully in you know 20, 40, 60, 80, I die that's intact is yeah. me from a very young age from the beginning showing my entire process for where I went from the beginning all the way to the end of my poetic career so it sounds like a dream dude it was a fucking dream man. it was a fairy tale dude it was that really did that experience and just starting in France and I know you you moved on to also do your second half of that as well yeah yeah and so yeah and then yeah that second half was unbelievable as well and like went to uh a film residency which i i implore you to do i think that it would be very beneficial when obviously when the time comes i know you're very busy now but um two weeks in italy they take 50 filmmakers from around the world it's called uh la garimba uh kino and it's a film residency <laughs> Excuse me, and uh, I went and I actually ended up directing something. I directed a war piece, Clint. Uh, no way. Funnel, swear to God, funnily enough, and it was based off of Operation Husky. You familiar? I've heard of it. So yeah, it was the World War Two operation when the U.S. went through Sicily to take down Mussolini. Mm -hmm. And so I I based my my movie. Uh, it's about seven minutes long on that. And so the whole process is in two weeks, you got to write, you got to direct, you got to produce, and then you got to edit and then show the movie for the entire community. Um, and you do that all in two weeks. And it was fucking incredible experience. What was the, what was this residency called again? La Garimba. I just wanted to have my, uh, my guy look it up over here. Yeah, yeah, he's here. He's Jamie. Pull it up. <laughs> um, that's sick. So, the, do they do they have a film? Do they have a festival as well? Yeah. So, yeah, they got a festival. They got a festival in the fall, 
and that's kind of how they started. Mm-hmm. Um, their festival. Will your film? Will your film that you made be in that festival? Uh, I would have to send it in. Um, okay. <laughs> honestly, it's not ready yet, but um, we had a like a so like a keynote is like a like a like a celebration of film, right? Mm-hmm. So we had like a little keynote at the end. Um, so we had fifty people from around the world, and it was directors, writers, cinematographers, actors, blah 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 blah, and all different levels of experience in filmmaking. Um. And at the end, we showed 40 films. It was four hours and 15 minute no break screening and all short films. It was it was unbelievable. Everyone did such a great job. I'm so proud of everyone. Um, and I was blessed. I had a lot of buddies with me. Um, they all they all absolutely crushed. And uh, we all tried a little bit of something new, which was really fun, too. So and that's sort of the whole well, gist of it is experience uh, and experiment with, you know, different things in filmmaking. So it was cool, man. What do what does something like that cost? Oh, that that uh, that costs relatively cheap, if I'm being honest. Um, you have to pay for your own flight. Yeah, pay for your own flight. That's probably the most expensive part of the entire thing. Do you stay for do you stay for free once you get accepted once you apply you so you pay for uh so you can either do a shared room option or you can do a solo room option the shared room option is somewhere about like 250 euro for two weeks which is very good yeah or 400 euro for a single bed option for two weeks um and then food costs were very cheap there uh this is in like Calabria, Italy, so literally like the bottom tip south region of it, um, which they call like sort of the wild west of Italy. Yeah. Um and Sick. so it's 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 right on the beach, right on the coast. Yeah. And um so beach, our office is right on the beach, we chill, that's where we have meetings, all this stuff. Um, people are unbelievable. Um Yeah. Something you know. like uh Yeah, that's sick. <laughs> And, and what's amazing, this is the second time I've done it. So I did it last year as well. And so I went back this year. I had a bunch of friends. So I had like a really good buddy named Giuseppe, who was a fucking incredible bartender down there. And he took care of me and he traveled me around in his car and his moped, anything I really needed. And he became a, a true brother to me this year. And that yeah. was amazing. That's awesome. The other great guy, Fabio, he took care of me as a waiter at like a local bar and stuff. And like, it was just, it was great, man, to go back and, uh, uh, you know, they, you know, they, they love, they love it, which yeah. is the best part. So yeah. Yeah. And you can, and you can tell too, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, we, we were talking about goals earlier and, um, talking about how important goals are, especially in our, uh, our profession and, and, and what we pursue, uh, on a daily basis, different from others. And for, for somebody, for, if somebody were to ask me like, Hey Clint, what's, what's, uh, what's one of your goals that's reachable? I'd, I'd have a couple, I think that I could tell you immediately. And there's not a whole lot of, I feel like there's a lot of people nowadays that can't tell you a goal, a serious goal of theirs that they think is reachable within their, you know, whether it can be within your your what you believe of yourself and, and your limits, or it can be something that might be a little outlandish that you know that, that you truly believe that you can 
you can reach. Um, what is that for you? What is, what's one of your, what's, what, what's a reachable goal for Chris? That's a great question. Uh, yeah, man, that's a question I debate every day, honestly. Um, well, it's a challenge. I think it, I, I think the same about it. It's a challenging question for me as well. Cause yeah, if, if it weren't challenging, then that probably means that we're getting a little stagnant or something like that. True, 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 fair. Yeah. I think um, to be romantic and sort of philosophical, I would say that uh, a goal of mine is to be happy every day, like genuinely, uh, live life with zero regrets, um, do what I want, say what I want, uh, be what I want, go where I want, do anything. Um, and then I think more on a, on professional aspects would be to um, solidify myself uh, as one of the voices of my generation uh, poetically definitely um, but also as a, sort of a leader in um, philosophy free thinking being yourself open mindedness uh, respect love for everyone um, and then I think maybe from sort of a, a personal aspect, it's, you know, be a good friend, be there for people who need me when I need, you know, friends, family, whoever, um, be there for myself, going back to the self-respect thing we were talking about earlier. And, uh, you know, looking at life and understanding the ebbs and flows, you know, ups and downs of it all and staying true to my, to my morals, allowing myself to be curious, continue on with, um, growth on a daily basis, push myself emotionally, push myself intelligently and push myself physically. Um, you know, man, like, I don't know. I could get real deep and I'm going to because fuck it. So I I ponder the question of death a lot. Um, I think it's a really interesting topic that I think a lot of people are scared of. And I agree. I totally agree. I, I think that... Uh, we shouldn't be scared of death. I think it's inevitable and I think we need to come to terms with it. Therefore, I think that people need to live life with the consideration that you might never wake up tomorrow. And that kind of, I think, underlines all of the uh, thesis, uh, theses, theses, I don't know what the word would be, of all of the philosophies that I... I had said before of my goals. Um, 
I want to be great. Who does not want to be great in life? You know, I want to be the greatest person I can be. I want to be loved and respected by everyone I meet. goes back to what we're talking about with all I have is my name. Mm -hmm. I want to be uh, healthy, fit, curious, um, stoic, all of these uh, in, intelligent, uh, intelligently uh, highbrow ways of life. And I want to be content when that last moment comes, whether I'm 23 or whether I'm 105 years old. Yeah. And I'm going to live every day with that same philosophy. Yeah, I think um, I want to do the same. However, there's a lot of moments in life where we get to a point, I think, um, as humans, where laziness creeps in. Sure. And those points of resistance. And things, things that come as um, distractions or temptations or just all of these other things that creep into our lives that are trying to combat us and, and, and act as resistance in our life um, that challenge us in ways that we just fall into and we go, ah, I'm going to give into this. I guess. Um, so, so with that being said, which I know, I I know that, you know, at, you're a human being. I'm a human being. Like we're, you know, we, we all have our versions of of those things that act as resistance. Um. So so based off of what you just explained to me and what you just told me, what what do you use when those those forms of resistance creep in? When you find yourself in a day where you're like, dude, just not feeling it. I'm not feeling me. I mean, it might not even be just a day. We all we all get into slumps, dude. Um what 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 is what is like what's like your your number one thing that you use? to get over that slump or to, to, to tell yourself like, look, dude, I'm, I know that I'm capable of, of combating this and, and getting over it and saying, look, I'm, I'm big, I'm better than this. I'm bigger than this. Like, I know that I can, I know the person that I am and the person that I I'm supposed to be. How do I get over this, this, this little, this little issue or this little slump that's going on? Yeah. Uh great question. Um well, I prioritize working out, that's for sure. Um I think if you kick your ass in the gym, everything is easier. Uh loading the dishwasher becomes easier, you know. Uh you know, uh taking a shower becomes easier. Uh, writing becomes easier. Mm -hmm. 
So that's definitely one of the the first things um, that I prioritize. Um, another thing that I definitely prioritize is um, being kind to myself. And you sent me something earlier on Instagram, and I and I super related to it, but uh, just self-reflection and being aware of like where I am in the present moment. So if I am feeling that slump or if I am feeling that sort of resistance, understanding why I'm feeling that is it mm-hmm. is it pure laziness or is there something on like a deeper level going on right yeah. um because I think there is such a spectrum to to the resistance as well um and then combating it based off of that you know yeah um but yeah I, I mean you know, I, I do that often a lot a lot. I do that exactly what you just said, trying to understand and realize the difference between the two. Is it laziness? Is it me just choosing personally to not do something because I'm being lazy? Or is there something else involved? Is there something that is um, a, a mental stressor is there a schedule change? Is there something that's messing up my routine? You know, it could be it could be thousands of things. But the through therapy, I've realized that um, at times when I have been have been you know talking to a therapist and going through things, they've told me multiple times, like separate different people. You know, like that's a it's a, that's a big deal that you're even aware that you're, you're thinking of things in that, in that way. Cause some right. people, most people don't even, aren't even able to do that part. So the fact that you're already there and you're, 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 you're saying, you're showing that you have that, even that level of self-awareness to be, to try to differentiate and, and realize the difference between laziness and if something is actually influencing your your thoughts and your feelings at that time, um, is big, dude. So yeah, like like you said, it, thinking about it in that way and going, am I just being lazy about this aspect of things, whether it be work or, uh, you know, writing or acting or just being consistent in things that you care about in life and things that you're passionate about or things that are a daily even something as simple as a a daily duty something that is a non-negotiable for you on a daily basis um yeah yeah i mean just being self-aware and understanding like look dude am i being lazy right now can i actually i could probably i could probably get over this and stop being you know personally i know what i'm capable of i expect more for myself let's go get it make that decision and go do it um or is there other things that are that are influencing that? And if there are, like you said, be be gentle with yourself about it. Yes, it's all good. Exactly. Because I tend to beat the shit out of myself. And I think that's what people forget sometimes is like you need to 
forgive yourself too. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't be, you know, there's a lot of people who preach nowadays of this like 24 seven, 365 grind mindset and everything. And like, I, I subscribe to the grinds. Don't get me wrong. But I also understand that that takes a toll on the mental health as well. And like, not everyone can be perfect at all moments. And to hold yourself to that standard in a theoretical sense is good, but in a Mm -hmm. practical sense can be bad. Uh And you need to forgive yourself if you don't do what you set your goals to. You can't grind twenty four seven. There's no I, that whole that whole mentality is impossible. Nobody does it. it. You could say it all day long and see it all day long, but dude, you just can't. We can't. Just try your hardest. Yep. And like you'll know if you actually did that, mm-hmm. right? So like, if you actually tried your hardest and you failed, you're not gonna feel like shit. If you didn't try your hardest and you failed, you're like we we don't care no one else cares in the world exactly like everyone thinks they you know everyone gives a fuck about them but like the spotlight is just on you in your own brain Mm -hmm. right so no one else cares so just just forgive yourself and move on move to that next present moment move to that next present moment and keep going forward i did this book challenge last year where i was trying to read a hundred books in a year okay And I was like you, I didn't read. I wasn't a big reader. I was a reader when I was younger. I kind of gave it up. But like when I took on writing, it was this huge, you know, sort of mandate that all these, you know, incredible professional writers had said, they said, you need to read. If you don't read, you're not a writer. I was like, all right, I'm going to fucking read a hundred books this year. Mm -hmm. I'm a motherfucker. I can do it. And I failed. I failed at it. Okay. I ended up reading something like 52, 53 books, a book a, a book a week in a year. So which is so a lot of books. Yeah. Half of my goal, but a lot of books. Mm-hmm. Now, the thing is, I actually did try. Mm-hmm. And I'm proud of myself for even getting to that number, right? And and I learned a lot of lessons. Don't read 500-page books if you want to get that goal. Right, like things along those lines, and uh, realistic so, stuff. But what did it do? It gave me the habit of reading. Mm-hmm. It gave me that habit, and it made me consistently every day. Now, what do I do? Reading is a part of my day now. Before that, reading was not a part of my day. Maybe I read two, three days a week. Mm-hmm. You try to read a hundred books in a year, you're reading. 50 pages a day every day grinding that out and it becomes a chore right yeah now for me this year i didn't set a book limit for myself what i did i set a page limit for myself i realized that and now i just grind 25 30 50 pages a day for fun now i'm just reading books for fun so it's just i think forgiveness is a big aspect as well you realize personally and you have that self-awareness where you get to you, you get to a where you're able to just be like, look, I'm capable of this. I know I can do it. And it just it, like, like that thing I sent you earlier, something simple, you know, there's all sorts of shit we can find on Instagram that are supposed to be motivational and whatever. And, you know, people get 
hundreds of thousands of of followers based off of just posting the right quotes and X, Y, and Z. Sometimes stuff speaks to me for a reason and I go back and I think of, I guess I think of why. And like today I saw, because I still have Facebook, I posted something like 2015. So that was before I even got out of the Marine Corps. And even earlier than that, sometimes I see stuff that I posted and it was just random stuff that I was posting and it aligns with the whole message that I want to like go with, with tank top Friday, um, things that I still do now, but at some point in my life, I got to a point where I thought I was too cool to be like, I don't know myself when it came to like not being necessarily like motivational, but like just sharing how I feel and hoping that that helps other people, you know, that it's okay to be, um, you know, like we were talking about vulnerable and it's okay to be like gentle with yourself at times. But I also want to say with that, that I'm also very, very bad at that Mm. consistently. Like I'm always beating myself up over little stuff, dude, little, little stuff. And like you said, like a main goal of mine and that I hope would be a goal for most folks is like to be consistently happy on a daily basis. And happiness can come in many forms. Doesn't mean you have to have a smile on your face all day long. Doesn't mean that you have to be the nicest person to everybody that you cross paths with. You know, happiness can mean anything. But um, I think that that idea of being gentle with yourself goes into being happy. Because if you're not, and you don't get to a point where you are com- completely okay with not being perfect, completely okay with having your own flaws, completely okay with having a day where you're just like feeling down, feeling low, just energy, everything about you that day might be off. Even a couple, you know, you string some days together, and you, the re, the main thing is, is that. Like you said, one, just like we said last episode with my boy Trevor, no one cares. No one gives mm-hmm. no one gives a fuck about your life, really, at the end of the day. And I don't mean that to like in a mean way. I mean that in a sense of like, yeah, of course you have friends that care about you and family and everything involving that. And you know, you're you know, people that are close to you and they ca- they are thinking about you, you know, and, and thinking, Hey, I wonder how he's doing today or how you know, whatever. At the end of the day, everybody has their own lives. And like I've said before, no one's coming to save you and no one cares. So being gentle with yourself is all about figuring it out on your own in a healthy way and then using that to your advantage and beating that, whatever that form of resistance might be. Can I, uh, it's huge. Can I read, can I read a poem? Yes, dude. Please, yes. Okay, cool. Yeah. So this is a this is a poem by uh, uh, Kipling, uh, and it's called "If." If you can keep your head when all about you are losing theirs and blaming it on you, if you can trust yourself when all men doubt you, but make allowance for their doubting too, if you can wait and not be tired by waiting. Or being lied about, don't deal in lies. Or being hated, 
but don't give way to hating, and yet don't look too good, nor talk too wise. If you can dream and not make dreams your master, if you can think and not make thoughts your aim, if you can meet with triumph and disaster and treat those two impostors just the same, if you can bear to hear the truth you've spoken, twisted by knaves to make a trap for fools, or watch the things you gave your life to, broken, and stoop and build them up with worn-out tools, if you can make one heap of all your winnings and risk it on one turn of pitch and toss, and lose, and start again at your beginnings, and never breathe a word about your loss, if you can force your heart and nerve and sinew to serve your turn long after they are gone, and so hold on when there is nothing in you except the will which says to them, hold on. If you can talk with crowds and keep your virtue, or walk with kings, nor lose the common touch, if neither foes nor loving friends can hurt you, if all men count with you, but none too much. If you can fill the unforgiving minute with sixty seconds worth of distance run, yours is the earth and everything that's in it, and which is more, you'll be a man, my son. <laughs> I've never, uh, never heard or read that one, but... Damn. Yeah, man. Yeah. It's, uh... Is that a... Is that something... Is that a poem that you have... Something you look back to often? Absolutely, bro. I mean... You know, I mean... The thesis of the entire piece is... You know... The world will be against you but just know that you can be better than that. Fuck. And yeah, <laughs> I find that to be fucking inspirational as shit. Yeah. I mean, um, dude, and one of the easiest things, the easiest thing for most is to get, uh, stagnant and set in your ways and lazy and but but sometimes maybe you're not maybe you don't see yourself as lazy you you see yourself as grinding in your own way and 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 finding passion in other things that might be a profession and and things that go into that but um but a lot of people find themselves, I think, always dreaming or thinking of something that they wish they could do or that they wish they could pursue still and that they don't have time to pursue. But I'm a very, very firm believer in the fact that there's always time. I, uh... I completely agree with you. I there's all that. there's always time. If you if you care that much about something, if it is 
that meaningful to you, you will find the time to do it. If it means that you have to wake up at 4 a.m., then you will wake up at 4 a.m. If it means that you have to stay up until 4 a.m., then you will. If there's other, there's always going to be something. You're going to have a child. You're going to be, you're going to have a, a, a job. A job. You know, everybody has to have a job. We all have to pay the damn bills. You're like, going to be sick. You know, anything, anything. There's always going to be resistance in there, of course. And there's going to be days where you don't do it. But if you really care that much about it, you will find the time to do it. And you will find the time to, at minimum, pursue it. Whether it becomes something for you, like that is big or, you know, a new profession, you know, that is not in your hands. If you're going to, if you want to and you care that much about whatever it may be, You'll find the time. I uh, I want to say one thing because this is this is a philosophy that I have had for literally my entire life, and I try to, uh, I try to get people to sort of follow this philosophy as well, which is, um, just try, just try something. If you if you're interested in it, just try it because who knows? I mean, we only have so much time in life to be who we are, to do what we want. You know, if you want to go fly fucking planes, go fly planes. You know, if you want to write a book, write a book. If you want to be uh, an entrepreneur, start a business. Just try it. Yeah. You know, and if it's not for you, it's not for you. But guess what? You tried it and then move on to the next thing. Yep. And I think a lot of people can justify to themselves uh, and make excuses for themselves. Like what we we're talking about. I got a job. I got a new baby. I'm sick. This, that, blah, blah, blah. And I can promise you that there is enough time in the day to do all of life. You want to read a book? Read a book. Read a book. Read, read, a book. read. Maybe you don't have time to read thirty to fifty pages, but read five pages. Read five pages before yeah. bed, right? Five pages before bed. Next thing you know, in a couple of weeks, you finish that book. Mm-hmm. You move on to the next book. You want to, you know, you want to start a business. Guess what? Start a business. Start thinking. Start making a business plan. Make make a mission statement. There's there's options to to be able to do these things. You want to be a, a you know, you want to build chairs, build chairs. And, and this is what I find like really cool. And honestly, I'm really happy that I have this in my life is like both of my parents, I think have like found this philosophy later in life. And so like my mom, for instance, now is uh, like super devoted to writing a book. And so she went through this class and she went through this workshop and all these things. And it's been like working through what's marketing and what is, you know, the process of writing this book and, uh, you know, market analysis and all these things. Yeah. And it's incredible to see her go through that. And then my yeah. dad on the opposite end, he, you know, he does like a lot of, uh, of like hands-on woodworking stuff and he, you know, creates charcuterie boards and sells them and does all this stuff and, and like started also, he's a tech guy, so he started this ticketing company 
and online ticketing company and like work through that and is working his ass off for that and stuff. And it's just like really inspiring to see that like as you get later in life, like life does not stop. Mm -hmm. Life does not stop. You have, okay, you turn, you know, 50, 60, 70 years old. It doesn't matter, you know, go hike the Appalachian Trail if you want to, you know, go travel to Paris uh, you know, become, uh, 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 you know, an actor even, you know, whatever it is that you want in life, like no one's going to stop you except yourself. So you might as well just go take it, you know, dude, I, um, you mentioned the Appalachian trail and I kind of, that was something I've been wanting to do, but never did, um, up until this point. But now I've just made the decision that when he's old enough, me and Finley will do it together. Absolutely. That's amazing. And can you imagine how fucking cool that is going to be? I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it with anyone else. I'm, I want to do it with him. And, yeah. and I'm talking like, you know, as soon as he is old enough to do it, you know, like, you know, 16, I, I'm, that's just a number, but you know, maybe 16, maybe 17, I don't know. And, and, and hopefully, I hope he wants to do it with me. If he doesn't, then we'll find something else. But I think that would be that's such a cool, like in my head, that's a really cool goal to have to do something like that and show him that something like that is possible. Um, because even me, honestly, it scares me to think about doing it. But but I know that I'm definitely capable of it. Um, and then to do it, you know, to have a goal like that would be would be really cool as well. But you you mentioned we're talking about all this stuff about going to do it and showing up and um, back to, back to the war of art, dude, dude, he, it, it, you know, we're talking about all these, all, we all have to have a job. We all have to pay the damn bills. We all have to find, I don't care who you are. It, you have to, you find some sort of passion within your job and your career, no matter if it's something that you want to do for real or if it's something that you have to do at that point in time to pay, to pay the bills. Um, but the, the part of this book where, where it talks about, where he talks about how all of us are pros. Everybody's a pro in their own area. Our, our job. We might not be a pro as a, as a, as a partner or as a father or, you know, you, you may not feel like you're a pro at that, but we all have to be pros at our jobs, especially as professionals and as adults. And, you know, we all, we have to be, we just naturally are. So we all have to get that paycheck. We all work for money. We're all professionals, but there are principles that we can take away from what we are already successful doing and apply that to aspirations that involve being artistic, which is what, which is what we were just just getting into you like absolutely you still have to show up you have to show up no matter what because if you don't you're gonna get fired you you have to stay on that job all day you might not have the time or like we said like you know you might have to figure out how to how to how to work things in but if we all at the end of the day or at the beginning of your day there's time you might have to wake up an hour earlier or you might have to stay up an hour later to start that idea of pursuing something that you're passionate about. Um, 
and yeah, I mean, there's, there's just, there's so many things that go into it and, you know, whether it be technique, whether it be just all the intricacies that go into your profession, you can take away from that and use that towards any type of artistic medium involving, you know, writing, involving acting, involving, you know, painting. You talked about your mom earlier about how she was doing what she was doing. My mom, <laughs> um, uh, it's crazy because my mom has been doing, uh, she's been doing stained glass for a long time, getting into that. And she just like, wanted, they're, they're looking to move up this way to Western North Carolina. And one of her non-negotiable things for the house is that it has to have a sunroom where she can paint and do her stained glass stuff and like just do her thing, which is so cool to me because I think, well, I don't think I know that that's where I get that part of me from. Um, and, and the motivational side comes, I think from my dad here and there and all that being, you know, a 20 year Marine and, um, but, but the artistic side definitely comes from my mom. And cause my mom is also, she, my mom has never cared what anybody thinks of her. She doesn't care. Right. You know? And, and, uh, I've, I've been that way for a long time, but there are moments where I've caught myself going shit I'm definitely definitely caring a lot more about what people think of me right now than than I should and what's um what's what do you think is the greatest lesson that your mom has instilled in you this is something I thought about recently but what do you think is the greatest lesson that your mom's instilled in you It's, it's patience for sure. Um, patience and if there's the second thing, it'd be communication, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, but patience overall, because, and, and, and with that, that is the biggest thing for me that acts as resistance in my life as well. Right. Um, but lately through Finley, I have found that I'm, um, I could easily not pay attention to this. Um, but I'm, taking the steps that I know that I need to take to to really pay attention daily to the level of patience that I am um, learning and and getting getting better at every day and 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 it when, when I find myself and I catch myself being more patient in moments around him I I'm able to um, internalize that and really think about it and realize that like I'm I was capable of of that beforehand but I allow other things to distract me from being patient. Is it like a moment to moment patience thing? Sometimes I just get worked up, man. I just get ramped up, I get worked up about things. I allow certain, you know, I allow like 
one thing and then a second thing and a third thing, you know, it could be the smallest, smallest stuff you could ever imagine throughout, mm -hmm. you know, it could be, um, uh, like a snowball, like a snowball. Yeah, yeah. It could, it could be, it could be letting the dogs out first thing in the morning and and catching one of them like digging in the yard. And it's just like a little bit of fire. You feel? Uh -huh. Yeah. And then the second thing is like, I don't know. The door doesn't open or some shit. Whatever, man. Like, yeah, just yeah. random stuff. And and it, it I. I I've found recently that that's like, you know, it's related to a lot of other things that I've gone through and, and, and whatnot. But at the same time, I don't want that to be an excuse moving forward for my level of patience in life towards, um, towards, you know, my partner, towards my son, towards friends, you know, and, um, I think how that's you, one of, how have you combated it? I just, pay attention sure yeah i i i'm finding myself it's almost like i have to force myself to pay attention to why i don't feel patient in that moment and yeah, once yeah, I, yeah once i realize and really think about is it is it that big of a deal um or or whatever it may be like w with when i say that finley's been the biggest like kids like, People say like, yeah, my kids he have taught me so much. Like even just having a kid, and even though they're, you know, three months old or whatever, but like, like seriously, I feel as if I am a more patient person in that I am um, softer, in a, in a way that is less taking things way less serious, you know, um, mm -hmm. and just understanding that certain things take time like like him growing up it's going to take time but it also has given me that um that lesson to to think of the the fact of just being present and in, and even if it even if he's screaming in my ear or if he's he won't go to sleep but he should be going to sleep and he's tired and you know whatever it may be but like just remaining present in that moment and thinking about the fact that like that won't last forever because sometimes I think as we get older and things like that we get into this mindset where we think that that feeling is going to last forever and it engulfs you and and you get to a point where you're like there's no way I'm gonna ever feel happy or I'm gonna feel good again because I feel like this in this moment you know what I mean um so yeah but yeah, for, from when I when I think about that right now, like earlier today, I, I thought about it. Um, yeah, that's probably the biggest thing that I learned from my mom. Did hey. you did you grow up with um, with anger issues? No, I just think that it was um, more of like a learned. Maybe a learned thing. Oh, I see. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. From from my pops and stuff like that. Just you know, natural reaction to most things being not necessarily anger, but just kind of like rough, rough resentment almost. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it, you know, that's not to say anything bad about no, no about about my dad or anything like that. But you know, it's just it's just a lifestyle. Um, 
and you know, I think I don't know. It's it's weird, man, because I, it, I think it takes certain things to happen in your life to become. Um, when I say the word soft, I don't mean soft like yo, dude, you're soft. You know, I mean like, you know, you just take things and you you um, you 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 realize and you and you um, just process things in a softer way. Um, and I think being like prior military and things like that really impacts that. And it's hard for most dudes to like get to that point where you're like, and, and I'm not anywhere near where I'd like to be. Um, but it's kind of just giving in and being like, dude, like you don't have control over everything. You don't, you don't have, con- yeah, you don't have control over everything. And, and the second that you realize that you don't and really, really give into that, that's probably going to bring you more happiness when you realize that you don't have control. Um, so yeah, I think, I think that's a big, uh, a big part of life as we get older. And especially when it comes to being in any sort of world of being a creative individual, you don't have control over it, dude. I mean, like, dude, I like, I really grew up with some serious anger, you know? Nothing like obviously too crazy, but um, just mad at the world for no reason mm-hmm. sort of thing. I was always and, negative. Uh, Very negative. Yeah, like, yeah, like that, you know? But also, like, these small things would blow me up for no reason. And um, I think maybe that's why I sort of, like, devoted my life to art is because it cured that um because i remember like being a teenager and starting to act and realizing like oh like i don't need to you know put all of this emotion into my life if i can do it on the stage or you know right right i can do it in rehearsals and stuff like that and then eventually obviously it evolved into like writing and more acting and stuff like that but um that patience that I think you're you're sort of seeking comes from uh, more and more of this therapeutic art that you sort of referenced earlier. Yeah. Uh, well, what was one yeah, of the? Man. You asked me a question about your about my mom. What was one of the? Mm-hmm. What what what's what's one of the biggest things that that you take from yours? Um. Definitely kindness. Um, she uh, she's one of those type of people that will uh, put herself before anyone else. You know what I mean? Yes. Uh, also, just uh, care, and I know that's sort of kind of similar to kindness but it's it's different in the sense of it being like whatever i and this is obviously anecdotal but like whatever i was really pursuing like hey i'm gonna move to new york all this stuff crazy drastic change of life and she was there 100 percent. like go for it like yeah hey nothing's working for me in this acting world i'm still going for it she's like you're gonna do it don't worry about it. Like it's gonna work out for you. Mm-hmm. Um, 
hey, I'm going to travel and I'm going to do all these crazy things. Like, she's like, I got your back, whatever you need. Yeah. So it was incredible. Um, and her and I are super, super close. Uh, we talk every day and um, I love her a lot. So, and and I think she knows that for sure. And my dad as well, like he's, he's a great person. Um, he instilled a lot in me as well of, you know, he's the shoe for the stars type of person. Like, yeah, just, just go for it. Um, and I'm super blessed to have both of them in my life for sure. So, and he's, a. <laughs> there's like a joke of like my mom's very book smart my dad's very street smart mm-hmm. and uh it was a nice little combination of both of those so i, I yeah. appreciate both of them for that <laughs> yeah i hope to i hope to um i hope to maintain that type of thing you're saying that your mom's always been like um you know like as finley gets older I'm like dude you you can do whatever the hell you want to do in life go do it um, I don't, I don't know if we're going to, I don't know if, I don't know if there will be a second kid or anything like that, because I don't think that I want to, I want to give, I want to give him all my, all my focus and all of my, you know, everything that I can think of, every little idea that I can think of as he gets older and stuff like that. I don't know that I want to share, like, I don't know, I'm sure I'd be capable capable of it but I, I i think that it's important that i just maintain that mentality for now in case and you know something may change i'm sure you know we all get yeah. we grow and you know you never know where your, your your mind might change but um yeah it's i want to make sure that as soon as he is able to remember it and as soon as he can understand what i'm saying that he is capable of doing whatever he wants to do in life and and that he always keeps that at the top of his mind and that like it's not a joke and it's not something that's just written on some quote that you might see in some store that you know anything is possible it it really is like and the sooner that you really realize that at whatever age it may be and you just keep that on your mind like it, I think that that is just such a huge a huge thing that you can do whatever you want to do especially if you have family there to support you and especially if you have people around you that are always going to be there to be like dude yeah yeah you got it and I think like you like you definitely know that and yeah. that that's so fucking important and you know i'm always going to be there for you to make sure that you always know that and i expect the same from you and i know you'll you'll give that to me too and to instill that to the next generation on and on and on because yeah, dude. you know it's so important to to realize like life is just what you make it at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, 
we're obviously fighting a tough battle. But uh, you might as well be happy doing it, you know? Yeah, dude. We have to be. I think that that is, um, that's like the number one thing. Finding that happiness, man. Finding a point in your life where you can maintain it. And in those moments where resistance creeps in, which it always will in some form, figuring out, like the goal in life is figuring out the best way to realize that it's resistance and then to overcome it. And then to, and then to be able to roll with it and roll with it and roll with it as life goes on. And we're going to fucking do great things. Yeah, dude. Yep. We're already uh, doing great things. Yeah. I, I totally, I totally truthfully believe that as well. Um, and there's so much more, you know, you just, you just never know, man. You just never know. I'm, I'm always looking forward to, um, to like testing my limits and really finding what I'm capable of. Right now, it's weird because I'm having to kind of like pull back the reins because five days a week, I'm kind of stay-at-home dad mode right now. And he's so young, there's not much we can do. He's not much of a conversationalist, you know. <laughs> but that's so funny. But um I I've been thinking the past couple of days on the fact that like I'm being this has been brought into my life and this is happening in my life right now for a reason. And the more that I um think in a mindset like, dude, I could be doing X, Y, or Z right now, I could be you know, or, or, you know, what if I book something for five days? What are we going to do? You know, who's going to watch Finley while she's at work? And I'm, and I, I'm going to go do that, obviously. Like, you know, like, what if, what if, what if, and stressing about all these things like that. Um, this, this is here for a reason. And the more that I try to combat, or the more that, sorry, the more that I try to fight what's going on in my life right now, you know, cause I'm just so go, go, go all the time. You know, ask anybody. It's just like, yo, Clint's doing X, Y, or Z around his house probably, or he's mowing the lawn or he's at the gym or he's working on this or, you know, whatever it might be. Oh, you, you just had a newborn. You have a newborn. You're doing a podcast. You're acting, you're auditioning, you're, uh, and you're doing your masters and your, and, and your wife just went back to work. Like what? Like, what are you doing, dude? Like, why are you putting so much on your plate? To me, it's not putting mu that much on my plate. It's just staying busy. But also, I've been finding, like, even though I'm so go, go, go mentally all the time, that it is okay to settle and chill and be present and just go with the flow right now and figure out how to maneuver and change directions just like you were doing, just like you're doing right now with going into the realm of, of, you know, strictly writing and poetry, you know, I'm, I'm sure there's times you're like, dude, I'd love to, you know, you know, get into, you know, anything, anything else or, or pursue something else a little bit more so where it kind of creeps in, but 
I think, like you said, finding that happiness and really getting in and, and, and getting into feeling comfortable with where you are in that moment, day to day, is is the freaking, that's the sweet spot, man. And it's it's comfort without contentment, you know? It's like, I'm comfortable, but I'm not content. Like, I'm going to push forward every day. And, and that's run. a huge, like, yes, dude, that is huge. You hit it on you hit it on the nose right there. Never being content, because when you get content, then you start to get a little lax, and then you know everything yeah. else can 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 come into play. But slippery slope, bro. Yes, sir. Just staying staying in that sweet spot and always challenging yourself. That's the number. Can I ask you? Uh, can I ask you one last question? Yeah. All right. My last question is this: I ask this to all my my homies all the time. And I want you to take a second to think about it truthfully. All right. Are you happy? Yes. Good. Yeah, I am. The, um, the reason at points in life where I may find myself feeling unhappy is because of one thing. And that's me. And when I say that, I mean... Um, negative self-talk which like I said earlier, for some reason, my biggest my biggest point of resistance in my life for as long as I can remember as a child till now is negative thinking. Um, and also what I mean by that is um, over just 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 viewing things in a way that, you know, is just making a, a bigger deal than it should be. Yeah. And then, like we like we we talked about earlier too, you know, like thing, little things just stacking up, you know, and letting it get to me. And that might be, you know, I, and I think for once I'm feeling I'm feeling okay and and all right with talking about those things because I'm actually taking the steps to work on them and fix them for once in my life without just talking about fixing it. I'm actually doing things, you know, like going to therapy, you know, consistently working on mental, like strengthening my mental, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so yeah. Otherwise when, when we, when we all, when most of us sit back and we, and we think, is my life really that fucking bad? <laughs> and compare it and think, Think about the worst case scenario. Think about moments in your life where, where where something could have happened where it could be way, way worse than it is now at this point in your life. We, I, I've been doing that a lot more lately too where I really sit there and think to myself, is my life really that bad? Absolutely not. No. 
I've got a lot of good things. We all have a lot of good things. If you made a list of the good things in your life, it would be huge compared to the bad things in your life. And um, I think that if we all keep that in mind and we keep that at the top of our brain, at, even if it's not the first thing you think of every morning when you wake up, but you just remind yourself of that daily, I think that is uh, that's helpful enough to really just think about the perspective because it could always be worse, dude. And that, my friend, is Semper Swakins Fi. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> You're right. Thanks, dude. I appreciate you being on. Thanks, brother. I love you, bro. I love you too, dude. Uh, we got a part two coming up next week. And uh, super stoked to uh, get on some other topics with you. And uh, and I really, really uh, thank you for your time and appreciate you for um, for for taking the time to to talk to me and be on here. Thank you, brother. Yeah, dude.